When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the Fountain of Truth. And it's the Fountain of Truth about aging. And today we turn the spotlight on a very, very special person. His name is Sidney Kess. He is an attorney. He is a CPA. He is a tax expert. He is a graduate uh, of Harvard University School of Law. He got his master's in law from my school, New York University Graduate School, and a BBA from Baruch. But for many, many decades, he has been your educator. He's one of the top CPAs in the country. Uh, he has been featured in everything from a YouTube series, an interview with Steve Melnick, which is M-E-L-N-I-K. And if you take a look at Sid Kess, K-E-S-S, you'll be able to look at that YouTube. But there have been so many professional organizations that really have awarded him the kind of lecturer award that made it clear to me from looking at his bio that he's an educator. And one of the, just a little, little extra thing about uh, Sid Kess is he's in his 90s. But you know what? You wouldn't know, and that's the point. And uh, I welcome you so much here. I'm so excited to talk with you, and I know you have a lot of information pent up there for our listeners. But, Sid, I wanted to start with what you had said to me was on your mind about two folks that got excessed. In in England, they would have said redundant right before Christmas and, and how you felt about it and what you think they could do about it because, you know, the the aging workforce is a problem. So go uh, and, just and, tell us our story. That's true. And, and, and it's a tragedy. Uh, uh, D uh, was an editor uh, of a newsletter at one of the largest banks in the world, and uh, uh, the bank is having some fiscal problems and they're going through reorganization. After 20 years of working for the company, get to notice goodbye. Uh, your time is up, uh, bottom line. Uh, the other day, I got a call from a close friend of mine in one of the biggest public, tax publishing companies, and they told me that a good friend of mine, uh, who was a manager of a division, was bounced, bottom line. Now, these people were tops in their field, outstanding writers, brilliant, uh, brilliant uh, analysts of the tax law, and here they are at the age of 65 and losing a job. Uh, it, it, it's a tragedy. What do you do in that case? And, well, you know, that's uh, one of the, the big issues in our workforce. You know, we're talking with Sid Kess, and he's a CPA. He's an attorney, and he's been around for quite a long time being a counselor. He's with um, a few places, actually. Even today, he's counseled to Castellanos and Fink. LLP, senior consultant to Citrin, uh, Cooperman and Company. And of everything he wanted to bring out, it's the issue of workforce problems with older adults. And I really want to ask you now, go right back, what do we do, Sid? We all know this what is a big do? issue. Okay. Well, first of all, I think one of the things that everyone has to realize is no job is protected. Uh, with many large companies today, uh, his bottom line uh, figures. They look at the numbers at the end of the year, and if they don't make it, 
someone has got to go. It's not the top man, but it's usually the bottom force. And where do you go? What do you do? And, you know, each of these individuals, and this is one of the things I've done all my life, I've tried to help people get jobs. And uh, it so happened that uh, for one of the people who's an editor uh, uh, of uh, the bank publication for 20 years, um, I suggested uh, several possible openings right now because there was a new tax law that was passed just the other day. Uh, the spending bill uh, that was enacted and signed by the president, one of the few pieces of legislation that's been signed this year, uh, where the Republicans and the Democrats got together, passed a monumental tax bill. And uh, uh, for the individual that I'm thinking of, I suggested that she write an analysis of the bill because it was right down her alley. And uh, I've tried to help her get the article published where she can get recognition and get an identity at this point outside of the, the bank where she had been working. Uh, Sid, are you talking uh, about the SECURE Act? Yeah, the SECURE Act that was signed by the president uh, just uh, the other day. Good. Let's step back uh, with that one for a second because it's a really wonderful point you're making. Uh, For a couple of times, one in my blog, Aging for Beginners, those of you who know the blog, we have uh, the analysis of the SECURE Act before it was passed. It was only in the House at that time. And then online... We, I did a, a whole hour monologue on what that would mean because I see it as a longevity play. But here's Sid Cummings saying something else. He's saying, why don't you keep up with the times, know what's going on, and if you lose your position, show them what you could do and uh, make a name for yourself, even at age 60 or 65. But I have to say something, Sid. A lot of people don't have the guts. They just become morose. They become depressed. When they and they feel that there's no future for them because they are older, oh, but you, you can't have sit. That. You can't sit yep. and feel that way. You have to uh, be creative. You have to start thinking of alternatives. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't do it before <laughs> because today you can't. You're not, you're not guaranteed any job. You should always be ready for the unexpected. Uh, it's happened too often. Uh, and remember, everybody, jobs. that the Older Americans Act, which does protect people from age discrimination, doesn't always mean that you can't be fired, and it doesn't apply to all companies. It, it applies yeah. more to larger companies. And the companies. amazing thing, every one of the big accounting firms, for example, the age of 58, you're, you're, you're it's considered old. It's it's moronic. And, but and it, it is it, true, it, but true. And what what yeah. happens is, uh, in the law firm, uh, they are anxious to get rid of the senior lawyers uh, because they're getting more of the profits. So the younger partners want to get the older uh, partners out, even though they may be brilliant. They may be the, the rainmaker of the company sometimes, but the you younger know, people want to get them out to so get a bigger share of the profits. So you know, it's interesting. Sid's been around for ninety-four years. Is that right? I've been around for seventy-two. And I'm a lawyer, too. And when I was a young lawyer, Sid, you're going to chuckle. And, boy, you guys are really looking behind the curtain right now of two people that have similar experiences. When I was a young lawyer, I went to a big Wall Street firm, and the 
person who was supposed to walk around with me, show me where everybody is, he pointed at the titular head of the firm, the head of the firm, the guy who founded it. And this is what he said to me. He said, look at that guy. He's dead wood. That's the word he used, dead wood. It's absolutely true. Uh, Even in the highest ranks of professions, they complain about this in entertainment, but it's true in CPA. It's true in law. And you said that they didn't pre-prepare. What what can people do in their 50s well, and 60s? A few things. Uh, uh, I see what happened to me. Uh, at the age of 63, a big four firm said you had to leave. I, at that time, I was at my most creative period of my life. At 63. Sure. And since then, 30 years later, I, I won the highest award in the profession. I won the gold medal. They give one gold medal to, of the 800,000 members. I won the, the gold medal. And uh, here their managing partner didn't even receive that. Uh, and uh, what, it was after I was retired from the firm. And by the way, the organization that gives that is the AICPA, the organization for CPAs. Many of you who are listening don't know if you're not in that field, but there are there are a lot of CPAs out there, and to win the gold medal is not an easy thing to do. But that's how, and I think Sid's point is so well taken, how discounted we are, just only because of age. And when we come back, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the other interesting thing, Adrian, is that at that time, uh, the, the, there was a magazine called the Big Eight Review, and they had announced that I, when our firm had merged, I was the most frequently quoted person in America at that time. But they didn't waive the year uh, requirement. If you're 63, you had to leave. Fascinating. And look well, right now, can, uh, most of the presidential candidates are all in their 60s. In their 60s <laughs> and, and, even, and even older. And when we come back, we're going to take another look at that from a tax point of view, which is what can you do? It's the beginning of the year. What can you do to get your paperwork straight and to stay in control of your tax and financial life, even if somebody else might be in control of your work life? We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. And hello, hello, hello. We are speaking to a superstar today on Generation Bold Radio. This is Adrian Berg, and this is the kind of spotlight I love, I love to have. We are spotlighting Sidney Kess. He is an attorney. He's a CPA. He is 94. And actually, I shouldn't even have to say that, because that should be the least important thing that you need to know about him. He's the recipient of the AICPAs, that's, of course, the uh, Association for Certified Public Accountants Special Recognition Award. Uh, he has his JD from Harvard. He uh, also has been awarded and elected to the Estate Planning Hall of Fame. 
of the National Association of Estate Planners, and it goes on and on. But what he's really devoted to is educating the public, mentoring, and helping the public. And one of the things that you said to me, uh, Sid, was uh, before the show, I really want to tell folks what paperwork they need. I want to get them in control of their life, and I'd like to have a little time on your show to to give them the list of what's important. And I thought that was a a great offer. So go right ahead and please do that for all of our Uh, listeners. Sam Burstow was a student of mine, uh, and I used to have a cram course. And I watched after him because he was a Holocaust survivor. And as a young child, uh, uh, he needed a mentor. And uh, anyway, Sam uh, uh, died suddenly. Uh, he, I got a call from uh, from him for advice that he was seeking. And when I called back at 4 o'clock in the morning from Billings, Montana, a policeman answered. And they said, Sam died. He was dead at the time. He, the mm-hmm. policeman was at his home. And uh, I immediately got a lot of things organized for him. Uh, because they didn't know who to call. They didn't know right. uh, what person should it was a contact person. And more important, later on, where his papers were. And it so happened I was the only person in the whole world. And this is, I called at four in the morning from Billings, Montana. And mm-hmm. what happened was when Sam died, he had no place where they had all the papers. His His records were a mess. And when he died, and his sister came in from Atlanta, uh, she had to spend a fortune in order to reconstruct uh, what stock he owned, where the lease was for, for, for the condo that he had, uh, the papers that were the papers. He had no will. Uh, do you realize how much money it cost her in legal fees to have an attorney reconstruct and locate that information? It's so important that you have a will, that you have you, you name your executor, uh, that you uh, uh, have your title for your real estate uh, in one place, uh, uh, and you have a, a, a record in one place of all your people to contact. It saves hours of time that law firms charge you. Some law firms charge you four hundred, five hundred dollars an hour. To reconstruct now, all what, that data. what about that? Where, what about where that should be? Uh, people can get powers of attorney. They can make wills and so on. And still their families are scrounging around trying to figure out where they might be. It also, cause, if there's any money involved, it causes a lot of trouble. Uh, should they leave that paperwork or at least copies with a CPA or an attorney? Or are there better places? They should leave it with their attorney or their CPA if they have one. They leave it with the child. Uh, sometimes parents don't like the children to know all their affairs, but uh, I, I think you have to realize it's not a big secret. But it's so important that you have that data. The other thing that's so important, uh, <clears throat> today someone uh, has a stroke. Uh, when you have a stroke, who can go to the bank and handle the data in your account? You need a power of attorney uh, uh uh, it's very important you have that. Uh, uh, you need uh, often there are problems a guardian. Uh, uh, 
you may want to appoint a guardian. But if you haven't appointed, you should have a power of attorney, which is so important. These papers can cost you so little to have put together when you're well and able. And if you avoid having it, if you have to have a guardian appointed, instead of using a power of attorney, it can cost you $15,000 if there's a battle. Yeah, and I have a question. A, a power of attorney can cost you just a few, maybe $1,000 or so. There's no question about that. But I have a question that, that has always been on my mind. I work a lot in the healthcare field. I know a lot of folks who are in that world of research, and their complaint is that there are silos. They don't talk to each other. One person who's researching cancer is not talking to the person who's researching heart disease or diabetes. I have noticed the same in my field and your field. The lawyers do not talk to the accountants, and nobody talks to the insurance guy. And I'm wondering, if you're an estate attorney, yes, you'll talk to your clients about these documents. But what's the responsibility of the CPA? Do you see CPAs talking to their clients about these documents? Absolutely. They are. Absolutely. And I think uh, this is one of the areas, again, uh, that uh, accountants are getting more into, the whole area of personal financial planning. And uh, when you're doing financial planning, you should have a team of people working together, the accountant, the lawyer, who works on these legal documents because an accountant can't prepare a will. It's a legal right. matter. You can't prepare a trust. Uh, the accountant should work with an investment advisor, uh, someone who's handling the finances. Uh, there's so much of a need to have your team of advisors working with one another. Now, many people are afraid to call in any of these different advisors because they have to pay. Uh, You're right, but, exactly. And, and and it's costly many times. But in the long run, it's very important to have a complete picture prepared because the truth of the matter is most accountants are not investment advisors. Uh, they may take a course in investments, but it doesn't make them an investment advisor. Right. Uh, right. They, they don't know legal matters. They may be very knowledgeable in uh, estate planning, but at the same time, uh, there's a certain degree of complexity that they are not as advanced in knowledge in most cases. That's not to say uh, some accountants can't do a, a lot of things that lawyers are doing. Now, first of all, of course, and we're taking a little bit of a break now, each one of these professionals are differently licensed. They have to get different licenses if they, and very often the law sees them as being in conflict. If you're going to be a tax preparer and you're going to be the financial advisor and the attorney all for one client, uh, there are silos that the law creates too. And so we have not in this country, and I've written about this so many times in my books, we have not in this country created something that they have in Europe. In Europe, they call it the Swiss banker, but it's not a banker. It's a company that is all under one roof sees your taxes, sees your legal issues, your paperwork, as Sid Kess says, um, knows about what mortgages you have and can even help you with investments. We can't do that. We are very, very bifurcated, both by our licensing and the way we think. But you don't have to be. My listeners can know that it isn't any more expensive to have your lawyer talk to your accountant. And if they don't get together, you have to ask them why. 
And we'll be right back, and we're going to be talking with Sid Kiss, CPA extraordinaire, about some of the new laws that are coming up that you may not know about because they're under the radar. Don't you guys go anywhere. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And what is the Fountain of Truth about? But it's the Fountain of Truth about aging. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to go back to our guest. His name is Sidney Kess, and he is one of those truths about aging. He is a CPA. He is an attorney. He is an award winner uh, from the American uh, Institute of CPAs. Uh, he has special recognition awards from them, many, many others, uh, AICPA's Gold Medal Award for Distinguished Service. It's their highest award that you can give a professional and so much more. And he's been a mentor for over nine decades to many, many, many people, probably from the moment he was on this planet. And if you think that with aging has to come decline mental and physical and no more contribution to the world, you will look at Sydney as putting the lie to all of that ageism and prejudice. So uh, before we take a little bit of a break to tell you about a new store, I want to go right to Sydney on, on one issue. There are new tax laws, and you're on top of all of them. What are some of the things people should be looking for? It's a huge tax law. It's not being covered all that much. Uh, for 2020. Okay. So, well, what, what I've done, uh, Adriana, uh, is ever since I started, I pointed out to young people the way to get ahead is to be the first one on the street. Whenever right. a new tax law was enacted, I would try to study and master it as quickly as possible. And <clears throat> I started first with the AICPA on these workshops that I conducted. And uh, when a new bill would pass, I would stay up for days, not sleeping, studying, trying to explain the most complicated provisions. So the AICPA would have me prepare a course, which I would teach around the country. And it was an update every year on what was known. So practitioners came to come to my programs as a way of being up-to-date on what's happening that year. So uh, after that, one of the publishing companies, Commerce Clearinghouse, asked me to prepare an explanation. So every major tax bill was tests on the 2096 uh, Revenue Reform Act, tests on this, tests on that. And every major bill, there was a booklet that would come out. The AICPA had a course, and there were videos that came out explaining the law. And people came to look to these programs every year as a way to keep them up to date. And to this date, I still have a magazine article coming out uh, next, mo- next month because the publication date will be next uh, uh, January uh, of the magazine. And the CPA Journal, 
has an article coming out. The Law Journal has an article coming out on the on the new uh, legislation. And I feel this is something. It's not that I'm the brain of the most knowledgeable person in the world, but I took the time to be one of the first ones on the street trying to explain it and to learn it myself. And uh, I would give examples of how the provisions work, and people came to look to me for staying up to date. And I would recommend this to any young person. And the tougher the provision, the more opportunity there was for you if you mastered these complicated provisions to get ahead in your field. For example, uh, there was a young girl, uh, Haya Siegfried. Uh, she's an international tax specialist. So when the uh, tax legislation was enacted, the major bill uh, enacted in 2017, there were difficult provisions on international taxation. So what uh, Haya does is she lectures to people explaining the complicated provisions and she gets hundreds of people that call her in the firm. And they call her and that's an engagement. She picks up the income from it. And she's brought in loads of clients as a result of her being the, one of the first ones on the street who can explain the complicated international tax provisions. I just got a promise, actually, from you, Sid, that you're going to uh, let us have the information uh, when the article is published, and we will have that published for everybody here because the new law does need explanation. There probably aren't all the young Turks that you're talking about going out and explaining it. It's still under the radar for the media. Yeah, but the I other thing have, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, Adriana, it's, it's so yeah. important. The world has also changed. There's so much that... Everyone can get on the Internet. Uh, the world is opened up. You plug in the Secure Act, and you'll get all kinds of literature that firms are putting out. Uh, uh, it's all on the Internet. Get the articles from the Wall Street Journal from this Saturday. Uh, uh, it's a beautiful explanation of some of the retirement provisions. And one of the things you were mentioning was that there's changes in the IRAs and so on. If you would give the, the one or two top issues uh, that struck you, that you think will uh, really affect well, one, more people than our, example, uh, some of the those other provisions. Are going, those are going to be 70 and a half. Uh, after you're 70 and a half, they're giving you a little extra time, another year or two, to, to take out your required distribution. Uh, and there... Complicated provisions uh, where they're giving you some breaks, and it's important you review it with your advisor. Everyone's got to go through this situation. And one of the things that I have liked about this law, the Secure Act, is I think part of it is motivated by our longevity. Some of the uh, provisions, uh, as Sid said, include uh, being able to take money out later in life so that you don't have to pay taxes and take money out earlier because many people aren't even retired by the time they're 70 and a half. Uh, another one that I thought was extremely interesting is that uh, people with small businesses could actually merge their 401ks with other small businesses, even though they're unrelated, and share the expenses of having a retirement plan because a lot of small businesses are started by people over the age of 55 and they would like to be able to make a contribution, but it's just too expensive to set up a plan. And under the secure act, 
you can uh, you can partner with other small businesses and do that. And for me, uh, one of the most important is we are still working. Uh, both of us, Sid and I, are both working, and we can continue to make further contributions that we would have been cut off by age from making into our plan. So all of these things are a recognition, I think, Sid, that we are working longer and that right. we need money for longer periods of time. And, you and know, before you know, we finish, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing to bear in mind, Adrian, that you shouldn't just rely on your advisor because what you don't realize is not every advisor is up to date. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's we, we that's, hope that that's the, we hope that's the case, but I have to ask you, Sid, for the layman who isn't themselves understanding what's going on, how would they know? What should they ask their advisor to know if their advisor is up to date? That's a tough one. Well, uh, how many people have advisors that never talk about planning? What planning? Or something your advisor's doing before the end of the year. How many have had advisors looking through your numbers to see what is there any year end planning to do before the end of the year? So what we can say is, if you only get get involved with somebody uh, and your advisor is only on calling April you that 15th. once a year, yeah, exactly, just uh, just in April, and then telling you they're very busy. What you basically have is you've got a preparer, not an advisor. And you should know the difference. And, That's a great point. And th- this great. is also something that with aging, the people who are aging, let's say you have an accountant now who's in his 50s or 60s. He's going crazy at this time of the year because if he's really conscientious, he's doing year-end planning. He's calling each client, what can I do? Uh, I had the, someone call me just the other day, and he said, Sid, uh, I want to make sure – uh, who, who helps me with my return? Um, and he said, "Said um, you know, it's uh, December 24th. Uh, what have you done with respect to your salary from your corporation? Are you, do you think you want to take a salary out before the end of the year?" Uh, he was reminding me, maybe you ought to take withholding out to avoid penalties for underpaying your estimate tax. So you're it's, looking for the proactive advisor who's going to be calling you and asking you the questions. Someone just yeah. Well, this is extremely good advice because I think that we do lack the education most of the time to know who is helping us and to ask the right questions of those advisors. When we come back, we're going to be asking a different kind of question of success, and that is, where do you get the gusto? We are talking about a country now where people do get excess, as we began our show, in their 50s and 60s, where sometimes we feel that we don't have a place in society anymore by the time we hit 70. Or as one of my friends said to me, the only thing she can hope for is that she stays interesting. Well, is that the only thing we can hope for? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't For my age, da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a 
And hello, hello, hello. And as I say almost every week, I cannot believe that we're coming to our last segment on this show, Generation Bowl, The Fountain of Truth. This is Adrian Berg, and I am so thrilled today to have with us Sid Kess. Uh, He is a CPA, but the truth is he's also an attorney. He's also a leader and a mentor, uh, and he's also 94. And that's important uh, because this show highlights a lot of people with specialties. But one specialty we don't highlight often enough is somebody who is a successful ager. And we're going to take a little bit of a break to tell you about our latest store. And when we come back, we're going to talk to the successful ager and find out what's inside of him that he has so much gusto. And can we get a piece of it? We'll be right back after this message. Hooray, our Generation Bold store is up and running. Just visit our website, generationboldradio.com, for access to unique products and services like luggage forwarding for your next trip, gorgeous Brazos canes and hiking sticks, Wander Club charms to commemorate your every adventure. I handpicked everything in the store to add fun and ease to your life. It makes a great gift, it's priced right, and it's of the finest quality whatever ever has been selected. All these items truly enhance my life, and I want you to discover them as well. Visit GenerationBoldRadio.com and see for yourself. And, you know, coming back, uh, to, Sid, to that issue, we swim in waters of uh, ageism. We're really trying to fight ageism here with this show and everything that I do. And there's nothing better than to have a real human being who's kind of the, the catalyst, the icon of fighting ageism. But you are unique. You shouldn't be. We should all be like this. But what, what is in your character, is it, or your personality or your upbringing that makes you somebody who can last for nine decades in such an engaged with life way? Ideas. I've always mm-hmm. been an idea person. From, the, from high school days on, I created different things. At high school and law school, I created a bureau that does legislation, uh, helping different community groups at Harvard that's still in existence. And every firm I've been in, I give ideas. And one thing I've learned as I give the ideas, uh, especially today, Looking at the two generations, my, my great-grandchildren and my grandchildren, each one are having difficulty to make it. Today, for the middle class to make it, it's very difficult. They need help. They send children to nursery schools or to a day school or camp. They need that extra help. And for many years, I gave my ideas away for nothing. But mm-hmm. now, when I've given ideas, if people are going to make a lot of money out of it, which they do often, I ask them, uh, I try to ask to get paid. And I'm thinking, this is only because I never did before, and I gave it away for nothing. And uh, I capitalize the, the payment, and I give it to the grandchildren. Help them pay for nursery yeah, school. Help them pay for camp. Help them pay for uh, their health insurance, uh, which is so expensive. And, and most of them are not making it. They need that extra help. 
So this is very, very, very fascinating to me. There's two things you're saying here, and I want to get to the bottom of it. There's two generations what? I'm enjoying giving the idea, which I give for nothing, and I've always given for nothing. But now I think, if I have this idea, let them pay it for my grandchildren. Well, so, so I'm asking you, is that the motivation? In other words, uh, two things are emerging in listening to you. One is that people can change at any age. You had a certain way of looking at the world and how you should be compensated, and that has changed big time. And the second is, you seem to be very much motivated by giving to your other to to, to your family. Do you think if right. you didn't have that family, that would change would not have taken place? No, no. I I, I still give the ideas away. Yep. I would give yep. it away even if I didn't get paid. But uh, uh, it's given me more of the motivation now. I can give them a little more. You know, one of the things I hear from a lot of people, maybe this is this is my fault is that they are spending three, four days a week uh, being grandparents. And I've actually, in my blog, written about uh, for two articles, actually, about what it felt to me to be a grandparent for the first time. And I look at folks who spend three or four days a week as grandparents as somebody, as, as people who might be able to do better with their time. So that's my prejudice. I want people to be out there working, contributing to the world, and taking care of their grandkids where necessary. And I've been criticized for that. But what I'm hearing from you is what a major motivation having grandkids and great-grandkids has been to you and the, the impact it's actually made in your thinking as you got older. Are you looking then at, at them as a legacy? It's just they're my joy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, beautiful to see people being brought up in the right way, of kind character, and they're just beautiful. I feel the greatest thing that I've accomplished in my life is my family. It's wonderful to hear. You know, there's a that, that's the most important thing that I have. All my accomplishments don't mean a damn thing. The most important thing is uh, the family. And uh, when you're all done, that's the bottom line. You could see in the job in one minute, they can say goodbye to two two people this week that had that happen. Yes. Yes. Outstanding, wonderful workers. Uh, I felt they were great people. In fact, I, I, it, it hurt me. I, I, I felt like crying because I knew what it meant to these people. They loved their job. You know, Sid, there's, there are scientists, particularly the Ericsons, who... Um, create something called stages of life. When you're a little kid and, you, and you're a mom and dad of a little kid, you look at their books and it tells you what they're supposed to do at age two and what they do a little bit later on. And when they got older, when they reached 94, they said, you know, there's another stage of life and, uh, and it, which we never looked at before. And that was the stage of, that you're in. And it is a stage where you start looking at the world, not at yourself and you're looking at your family, you're looking at your legacy, and you're rethinking your own biography, so to speak. And I have to tell you, Sid, that this little discussion here at the end of our show is almost a living example of what these scientists would like us to be like. Adriana, can I just leave you with one more thought? Uh, Sure, absolutely. uh, One of the things that I found that's so helpful, even with the people that lost a job, I spend time in every meeting trying to connect people. Uh, 
put together these people who've lost jobs, who need some help, and who are depressed and feel life is over, trying to help them get jobs. And uh, I, I already got three or four different assignments for one of the people who, who, told, who was the last one that, that told me uh, uh, that she lost a job. I got her to write some articles for different firms where she's getting paid. And I hope everyone in the audience realizes if you know of an opening, no matter how minor the job is, it can be of help to just put someone together with them, whether it's a secretary, whether it's a caretaker, whether it's something. Help someone who's looking. Take the time. I ask well, in every meeting that I'm running, if anyone has any contact, let me know who's looking for a job or who needs a job, someone to work. You know, there's a wonderful sentiment, and it's something that everybody can do. And as we say goodbye, uh, said at the end of every show, I use a line. I say, get out there, kids, and make it happen. And people wonder, what is the it? What is the it that she's talking about? Well, there's one of the it's. Make something happen for someone else. Thank you so much, uh, Sid. And for everybody else, get out there, kids, and make it happen. I'm inappropriate.